What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Or in the case of this episode, learn to hot glue bravely and magnet sandwich bravely, as uh, as we're going to get into in a second here. That was, that, that's right, folks. We're going to get right into it here. I've made uh... right into it. I've made an incredible discovery, a, a leap forward for all mankind. I have solved the, the problem magnet sandwich technology. of magnet sandwich <laughs> technology. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked before about how important it is to magnetize your bases if you've got something wrong in your brain like I do. Now, the, the, the problem with some forms of magnetization comes from washers. Now, washers seem like the perfect thing to put under the base of your minis. So you get a little bit of steel in there, a little bit of ferromagnetism, and you can stick that steel to a magnet and use that for transportation or use that for, for holding your minis to, to a painting handle so that you can, you can you know, paint them up real nice. But the problem, of course, with washers is that they got that hole in the middle. But mm-hmm. I've cracked the code. I've solved the problem. I have found... I've got a baggie here. I've got a baggie. Um, oh, wait. Let me get a clink. That's not getting a very good clink. Hold on. Let me... Let me yeah, just... I was going to say, I'm, I'm literally not hearing this clink. All right, we're doing some sound design here on the fly. That's It's like a little tick. It's not much of a... They're not coins, so it's not like they're really going to... They actually... The resonance isn't great. They sound like <laughs> coins, but here's the thing. Most coins in America, all coins in America are not ferromagnetic. So I've definitely mm-hmm. seen people kind of weight their minis by putting a, a nickel under there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big spenders want a little uh, a little more gradation in their weighting, might use a dime. Uh, I've seen yeah. some fools put whole quarters <laughs> under their minis. Um, I mean, they do fit those 25 mils like pretty good. <sighs> I wouldn't recommend it. No, I mean, you want to take no. an expensive hobby and make it more expensive and be like, yeah, yeah there's an extra like $25 in quarters right there. All right. Like, I guess if you want to save your money, like putting it under the mattress or something. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of build up here. What I want to tell you is magnetic strike plates, they're called. These are circles of steel. They are one millimeter thick and they stick to magnets very strongly. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the ones I have here are three quarters of an inch in diameter. They fit very nicely under 25 millimeter bases, uh, and they'll fit any under any uh, larger bases too. And actually, what I've been doing is I've been gluing these magnetic strike plates under my conquest bases, and mm-hmm. those bases don't have as much height under them in, in a little hollow under the bases. So these thin one millimeter steel plates fit in there perfectly and i'm i'm very happy with how that's coming along and uh yeah with these conquest minis they're they're big minis on kind of small bases some of them are a little top heavy i know you've been having trouble with your 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 ghosts from the old dominion line falling yeah, over my old, my old dominions like to fall over yeah well well casey i've got a hot tip for you here and this this is yeah. applicable whether or not you like magnets. Get yourself some three <laughs> quarter like inch magnetic uh, uh, strike plates. Um, I've I've, mm-hmm. I've done the 
the science here of of weight them out. They're two grams each. <laughs> now these conquest minis, the the plastic of the mini plus the base is about five grams for a conquest mini. But you put an extra two grams right under the base. That's going to completely change the center of gravity. Those aren't falling off on their own anymore. Those aren't those aren't mm-hmm. toppling over. So I've solved your problem. And you know, hey, you put some of these bad boys under your minis. You might even give magnetic holders a try one of these days. You might you might find out you yeah. like them and change your life. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like. I think magnetic holders is is kind of an end goal for a lot of people, and I know that you have your system of of you know closet rods and cutting those down and putting the the magnet in there. That just seems like an awful lot of work, and I don't know if I'm ready to commit because I have I have more than a few models that are built ready to go, like in boxes and and trays and all these things, and I haven't magnetized a single one, so. That that's some effort, but I do I do think that this this strike plate thing makes sense on both the weighting it down and for the magnetic stuff. So maybe it's like a good halfway. Like I'll go and, and I'll put those all on all of my minis, and then eventually get to magnetic handles. It's real good, dude. And and I took it one step further. I got a little bit of uh, magnetic tape, like the the rubbery stuff. The, mm-hmm. Like the really super weak magnets, the kind that you might get on like a flexible refrigerator magnet or something like that. Yeah. So I got a roll of magnetic tape and I stuck it down inside the little movement trays that come with the Conquest minis. And it's like the perfect thickness. This is 1.2 millimeter thick magnetic tape plus the thick. plus the one millimeter thick magnetic strike plate. It's just like it fills up the perfect amount of space. And the minis get this kind of weak hold into their movement tray. Not not so strong that you can't easily remove casualties. Not so weak that it doesn't do anything. But just the just the right amount, the, the Goldilocks zone of magnetizing your movement trays. And <laughs> I've got to tell you, this it, it sounds silly. It sounds stupid. I know. But... I found the answer. I was looking for an answer for these conquest minis because they are a little top heavy. They don't they don't necessarily want to stay in their movement trays. I was looking for an answer and I found it. And mm-hmm. I've been talking about this for five minutes now, but I cannot properly <laughs> express how happy and satisfied I am of finding these little two gram circular pieces of steel that fit right under there and solve all of the questions and problems I'd been I'd been having with these conquest minis. So uh mm-hmm. yep, today I ordered a bunch more conquest minis and we'll we'll see where that leads us. Yeah. Yeah. At least getting them buttoned up and magnetized. That's that's not bad. That's a good start. I mean building them, you know, on top of that I guess you have to do that. Um Yeah, you know it I like the Conquest minis, especially the newer ones. The Old Dominion is, like, real good. Like, real good. I really like those. But, yeah, man, like, the the weird, like, 38-millimeter scale on top of 25-millimeter bases is the weirdest crap I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so weird. And it doesn't make much sense to me. Because some of these are, 
Like they're bigger than some of the models that like GW puts out that goes on like 32 mil bases. Oh, definitely. They're bigger than yeah. some of the models that GW puts on 40 millimeter bases. Like, like yeah. most of the yeah. models that Games Workshop puts on <laughs> 40 millimeter bases. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I picked up some horses too, some cavalry units. Did you? For the old Dominion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not too long ago, actually. I put them together. They were actually pretty nice kits for what they were. It was... It was satisfying because i normally i don't like it but it was like three parts it was like there's the whole thing it's like oh oh geez not bad at all um but like they barely fit on the bases and they're big they're like 50 mils and like the the back edge of the hoof on the front touches the corner and the back on the back corner it's like guys what are you doing were those the the old dominion cavalry you bought yeah okay yeah yeah, they're a little bit of a bummer for the base, but it's like it's a it's a large base and it still doesn't quite fit. So I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a choice, right? You're making a choice. Uh, but it looks they look good. So, you know, at the, once they're stuck, they're stuck. Um, but yeah, having that issue, right? The large, mini, small base, apparently, regardless of size, uh, having that extra weight even. Man, I, I can only imagine right now. I'm going to have to go get me some of these strike plates and fit them in because I, yeah. I need to, like, fix this problem before I get more models, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, where did you get these strike plates? Uh, TotalElement.com. It's a website that also sells okay. a bunch of magnets, which makes sense. Um, you know, honestly, I, I might have tried a 7 eighths inch round if they had one but they only had three quarters inch and then up to one inch and the one inch is definitely mm. too big for certainly for 25 millimeter bases doesn't quite fit in yeah. there um but you know what these these three quarters are doing the job three quarters inch diameter one millimeter thick steel and uh it is the right kind of steel to actually be ferromagnetic so it works great um but yeah, I think there's there's a whole discussion we could have about how many grams you want under the base, because I've seen some right, people. Right, like how weighted do you want it? Yeah, mm -hmm. I've I've seen people who will take a 25 millimeter base and glue a full on nickel under there. And for those of you who don't live in America, yeah. it's 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 a five cent coin, but it's a fairly meaty, heavy coin. Yeah, and it's a it's a fat coin for being worth less than yeah smaller tiny coins. Little, tiny little dime, <laughs> yeah. It's um, ridiculous, man. I wish I wish I had the weight of a nickel uh, off off the top of my head here. But uh, vamp for a second, Casey. I gotta do some typing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While you Google the answer to how much does a nickel weigh, um, yeah, like putting coins on it always. I like I never really understood that. Other than you know, obviously they you want to get the weight, but like I do feel like there were still better options than putting actual money under your base. Uh, I don't know. That just seems weird to me. Um, like I, I buy models all the time on eBay and they're like, oh, there's like 52 cents on the bottom of this, uh, this 50 mil base or whatever, like somebody put on they're just like hot glued on there. So occasionally I get some money back, which is cool, <laughs> but it is weird. Uh, especially when like washers are definitely a thing. If you're not looking to magnetize, then like, why not go for the cheaper option? I mean, 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have excess of washers all over the place that come in part. Like, if you buy a TV mount, you're getting, like, 20 washers for free. That's true. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I've got, so, I've got boxes of hardware. Of, yeah. That includes washers. I feel washers. like you just, that's yeah. stuff you accumulate, right? Yeah. So... I don't know. No, but I like, as far I like as standardization like the, uh, too much for, for that. <laughs> That's fair. A, a squad has like four different types of washers underneath. No, 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 no. Right, that right. would not different sit weights. well in my brain. <laughs> I would not be happy with that. I can see that. I, but that's the, I wouldn't but be I mean, able to sleep like at night. Two quarters and yeah. Um, as, as to the weight of the actual model, I have found that however much a... Uh, like a resin base usually weighs mm. feels about right to me. Yeah, um, just a, like just I, a I little heavier. Out. Well, it's a fair bit heavier than yeah. a normal base, but yeah. But you can definitely have too it, much weight under yeah. there, and you pick up the like plastic model, and it feels wrong. <laughs> yeah. and I've, I've had some no, of those. some of my uh, my pewter models. I've got like it, the whole thing is already pretty heavy, mm-hmm. uh, and I I'm not a huge fan of that because I feel like when I lift it, like it's gonna pop off somehow even though like the base weighs less than the model so i know that's yeah. not going to happen but um yeah some of like the the orc killicans that i have that are on some pretty thick resin bases like definitely feels a little funky like it, it's not going to last you know yeah it feels fragile it's a yeah feels yeah. fragile and it feels like there's a greater risk if you drop the mini too like it's just oh for sure yeah, yeah. i'll break those bases in half yeah. If I drop them. Okay. So I'm, I am sorry that I didn't give my guess for how much a nickel weighs because I was going to say, grams? I was going to say five grams. <laughs> Maybe this makes more sense. The U S no. mint says that a nickel is 5.000 grams. So, oh man, uh, look at the guess. On I was me. thinking yeah. the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. Like that, wouldn't that just make sense? Like, Somebody at the mint a long time ago was like, you know, we don't want like a 10 gram dime because that seems excessive, right? But like a five gram nickel, that feels right, you know? It does. So I don't, I don't know. It feels like somebody made that choice. <laughs> and there's some historical significance to that, I'm sure. Yeah. Man, it, a U.S. penny. 2.500 grams, U.S. nickel, 5.000 grams, and a dime is 2.268. Like, all right. So somebody somebody was doing a pretty Stupid. good job, and then whoever was on, on the dime just screwed yeah. it all up. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the dude designing the nickel was like, this is going to be a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's exactly five grams. <laughs> like, we're not even messing with this. <laughs> Guy with it, the pennies, like two something. I know, locked whatever. it down, just brushed off their hands, and went to lunch. Just big old smile on their yeah. face. Had like three yeah, beers sat on around that the lunch. table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, why is your coin so huge? Like, uh, for reasons, you know. Anyway, uh, I think a nickel is too much weight to put under a mini base. I think five grams is far too much to weight down the base of a single 25 millimeter mini. Uh, Interesting. Okay. But two grams is about right. So actually, mm-hmm. if you don't care about ferromagnetism, <laughs> a penny w- coming in at 2.500 grams, just about right. Just about right. Uh, okay. But uh, I was going to say something else. Oh, 
Speaking of, of the cost of our weights here, uh, this bag of, I think it was 250 strike plates was $16. And according to what I remember of the, the math I did earlier, that's like six cents each. So costs a little more okay. than a nickel, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Well, for the uniformity and the magnetism, like, of oh, course. So good. You so know? good. Anyway. Like, you, you can't beat that. Like, if you're new to this podcast um, and you're still listening, I want you to know that this really was a huge day for me. Like, this was, you know, <laughs> one small step for, for a man, but one giant yeah. leap for my magnetic yeah, that's like That's like collection. saying that this podcast 100% gets worse than this. Like, if this was your best day in a while. <laughs> like, this is the pinnacle, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to get better than this. Well, I'm hoping when we record again in a couple of weeks, I'll have something else interesting to contribute. But, um, all right, I'm ready to turn it back over to might. you, Casey. Well, you talk about oh, something okay. you're happy about, and then you can come back to me, and I'll talk more about uh, steel strike plates. So. All right. Well, that that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to turn it around a little. I'm going to talk about things that I don't like. Okay. Um yeah, just because, you know, to to contrast your happiness, I must despair. Um I hate taking a long time making a video like a lot. And it's been now what well, we're going on this is week 3 that I haven't put out a video and I feel terrible. Like feel ill. It's not good. Um, I'm working on this massive stomp a project that put hundreds of dollars into this stupid thing so far. Like, uh, I don't even know how much resin at this point I've gone through. Uh, what are the big bottles of resin? One liter. It's like 25? They're one liters? Yeah. Okay, so I've gone through like four of those. Are just guns? Yeah. Yeah, just guns. Hollowed out. That doesn't even guns. make sense I mean, I, to me. I, like I, uh, <laughs> I know that but does not I compute. It in and guns came out, so they're big guns. Like they're they're thick, big guns. Do you have a, like a leak in your vat? Check for giant no, pools of no... resin under your <laughs> under your workbench. No, they're on top of my my desk, and there's there's nothing. And okay. I mean, I'm not all like right. wasting any. And as far as the the slicer software is telling me, it's all hollowed out, right? I'm looking, I'm watching it make the the patterns, you know, and it does the 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 frames for all the layers and stuff to output. So I know they're hollowed. Um, I mean they're thick though, like they are thick boys. Do you know how many dinosaurs so, I printed with two liters? Like five thousand oh, points sure of dinosaurs. Hot. Yeah, no, I, I they had guns I too. This is uh, some of those were thick boys. <laughs> yeah, but they're you're talking twenty five mil, tiny guys. Like okay, uh, for one gun that I'm printing out, it's like I I'd say for the same amount of like area on those dinosaurs, you could probably print out like fifteen twenty dinosaurs for one gun. In in some cases, it's more like ten for most of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've upscaled a lot of this stuff, too, to make it bigger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just a lot of stuff. But I don't know, taking taking this long on a project like. Like, it's it's nice on one hand, because I'm accomplishing something that is quite large. 
Hmm. And I feel good about that. And right now, like, it's mostly painted. It all looks pretty fresh. You can kind of see it up here on the desk behind me, like, just barely. Uh, but, man, like, I don't know. I think, I think I'm just learning something about myself that I don't necessarily like to spend all the time in the world on one project or model. Um, you know, I've always thought, like, you know, maybe I could, I could sit down and I'll put in the time and, like, you know, do Golden Demon or something and, like, really try. And I, I don't know if that's actually for me. I like I'm still not 100% decided but like this is kind of pushing me in that direction of like no I just I want to paint like 2000 points in a week that's what I want to do that feels good fair enough <laughs> so I don't know I'm getting to the end of this project and I'm I guess I'm feeling it at this point just like ready to go hard it's almost on, on the other side of it yeah I kind of am <laughs> got got to order me some strike plates first but you know uh yeah, man, I do want to paint some Conquest. I, I built all the stuff that I purchased so far. Like, I am going to try and do that thing where you're like, oh, you know, uh, before I buy anything else, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, right? So far, I'm sticking to it. I'm building it. I'm at least building the models. And they're, like, on their trays and they're built so that when I go to paint them, I can batch them or whatever. Because, um, you know, I'm just going to do it in a weekend. Uh, cause that's, that's what I like. Yeah. But definitely right now I'm feeling, feeling the stomp pretty hard. Um, realizing definitely why receipt rolls were used for guns previously. Um, not that I'm saying that's a good thing, but I do get it. Like if you want, you know, 20, 30 guns sticking out the front of your mech, Maybe receipt rolls are for you. Just saying. Yeah, we really pulled a 180 on that one. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, it's also stupidly expensive, so it's... Like, there's just no real good reason to do this project for anybody else. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see anybody going like, yeah, man, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. Well, you've got <laughs> like, some paint on it now, and it's looking good, right? Right? It, it looks sweet. Like, okay. I'm not going to lie. It looks oh. absolutely sweet. Okay. But like not worth it <laughs> like I, and i the other thing is now that i've had all this time to think about it like i'm jumping back and forth of what i want this project to be in my head i'm like getting ready to go write the script right and i'm just like do i just be like for 20 minutes don't do this don't ever do this <laughs> this is so stupid <laughs> i have a mental image of you just walking down display cases of competition minis now and just being like that yeah, looks cool but not worth it not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty sweet. Like, I see what they're doing for there, but yeah, I wouldn't really I say it's it. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth worth the time. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, I do feel like I'm still kind of undecided on that because I do see an end product, right? Like, I see a, a, a Golden Demon paint job, and I'm like, man, like. I feel like if I gave myself the time, I could do something pretty cool. You know, maybe not like winning anything. It was, you know, not necessarily my goal, but something that I would, would not be sad to have in the case. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the more that I've, I'm kind of playing with that idea, it's like, is it worth it to me to sit down on one model for that long? Even if it's like broken up over time. Right. Like I, 
I tried to do, uh, I did this, this bust a while back. Like I bought a bust online. It's really cool. Um, and I painted it like it looks pretty good right now, but it's like not even close to done. And it's still just sitting on the shelf. Like maybe I'll pick it up and continue to work on it. But it, you know, it's like, it's to a decent enough point where I'm not like disappointed about it. So <laughs> like, I don't know. What's the bust of? I don't know. It's this like, uh, I forget what company it's from, but it's a, it's an orc writing this like giant. Um, so it's just the head of the giant. Uh, and it's like the orc sitting on its neck, kind of like with a, uh, like a leather strap around the dude. He's got like stuff on him to hold him down kind of thing. Um, I don't, I don't even know where it's from. I got it on, on eBay a while back. So it's probably from some company I've never heard of anyways. Okay. But uh, it looks, it looks sweet. Um, well, if you finish it someday, I'd love to see it. <laughs> someday. Yep. Someday. The goblin looks pretty good right now. The, uh, the giant he's riding, has got like a base coat on him. So <laughs> yeah, that's as far as I've gotten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I started that like, I don't know two and a half years ago yeah well i mean sometimes it's nice to push yourself but on the other hand know what you like to do this is a hobby this is supposed to be fun if you have more fun cranking through two hundred dollars worth of uh minis rather than two hundred dollars worth of stompa three hundred dollars yeah. worth of stompa then yeah yeah well i am gonna end up doing the math right now it is somewhere around three hundred dollars right yeah or is it no it's like it's like 220 okay okay still 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 it's only it's only, still. only 220 yeah um i i was thinking my resin was going rather quick and i know it's not leaking i don't know now i'm just thinking about it like i'm freaking out like there's just a pool of resin did you it's desk or something are you sure you don't have 500 milliliter bottles something like that like you're not tricking yourself in some stupid way. You you later on check it out. Let, check it out. You, no, how about you vamp for a second? And I will literally check. It's right behind me. It's right behind me. I just gotta just gotta go grab it. I'll be right back. Okay, go for it. I don't know if any of you three D print at home, but the idea that he's been printing bits, extra bits for one mini, and he's saying <laughs> that he has used three liters of resin something's wrong like something is is broken in his brain or he's lying oh man that looks like a liter though that's a liter of resin it's a it's definitely a liter that is one it's, liter it's the liter huh yeah and this is this is empty so <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well hey i'm looking forward <laughs> to that video you know put it out in a couple of weeks whenever you get done and uh i'll, <sighs> I'll check it out for sure um yeah so you gotta finish that this up, goes up yeah. yeah when this podcast goes up it'll be coming out in like six days cool 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 yeah and when this podcast comes out you'll just be getting back from lvo las vegas open yes exactly yeah i'm flying down well we'll talk about it when we get back but i am flying down or will have flown down yeah yeah um and just getting back so Hopefully that went well. Yeah. If you die in a plane crash or something, we won't publish this episode. Matt, if, if I mean, Casey <laughs> dies in a plane crash, don't publish this episode. Or do. Or do. Because then... In memorandum. Yeah. 
Thank you for being a, a listener of this fine podcast. That's that's it. That's all I got. Tell the <laughs> listeners to paint bravely. Yeah, that's to be on my headstone. <laughs> That'll be that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am flying pretty cheap, like Spirit Airlines. You know, it's it's a step above Allegiant, but it's still, you know, it, it's as much of a Greyhound as you can get. For an airplane. The Greyhound of the skies. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's not great. All right. It's not great. All right. Well, I wish you luck. I'm um, sure it'll be fun. <laughs> it should be fun. It should be fun. Um, I'm just going to gonna run down and, and crash old uh, Trapped Under Plastic. They're doing a, a thing down there. Heck. They're both down there teaching, teaching a class together. So. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm just going to crash the party a little bit. Uh, hang out with some of the the warp fire team. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Uh, say hi for me. Yeah, I don't know. definitely. Yeah, yeah. You can say hi to the uh, trapped under plastic folks too. That's good too. Say hi to everyone you meet. I mean, yeah. Just assume yeah, if Casey says hi to you, well. Brent also says hi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might as well. Duncan's gonna be there too. Yeah, say hi to him for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Duncan, was that your I... transition? <laughs> yeah, you don't normally point it out, but you know, I was I was going for it. You know, with that. Because it makes sense. Do it. Duncan Painting Academy is coming out with a second wave of paints. Great. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So they're coming out with some, uh, what is it? It's some more metallics, some washes, some contrast-like paints. They call them, call them something else, like highly pigmented washes, I think, is what they're saying. And a lot of nice-looking colors. Yeah, a lot of nice bright colors, yeah. which I am actually pretty happy about because that was definitely like the biggest issue that I had with the paint line. Like all the paints are great. They work great. But I wanted like just the next like step up yeah. of a couple of colors. Yeah. And I so was, it looks like that's coming. Uh, I was seeing the, the panning shots of, of the colors that are coming out. I'm like, oh, that looks that looks good. That looks fun. That looks fun. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of greens and teals were were a lot of the ones in there. Some more skin tones, which we those. asked for. Some more, some more greens, some more teals, which were really the ones that were that were missing from the initial release. So, mm-hmm. heck yeah, that uh, that'll round out the the paint set nicely. And I mm-hmm. I wish them the best of luck. I hope that all goes smoothly, and I hope hope that line gets expanded. Uh, yeah. Soon as possible, yeah. I do believe that it's actually live right now. Really? Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, go. Yeah, they, they went quick. They're like, this is the thing. We're starting it right now. Go get it. Go check go. out Duncan Painting Academy Kickstarter. Get you get you some, some teals. Some colors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can never have en- enough. Yeah, I guess. Honestly, some... there's so many different varieties of teal that you can have. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what else have you been up to besides sandwiching magnets together? Very nice. Well, Casey, I got invited by some locals to play in a saga game this weekend. So Saga, sweet. Yeah. I think it's by Gripping Beast, I think. That's the that website seemed to be offering me uh the ways that I bought uh, my, my new saga books. Um I wanna say it's Studio Tomahawk. Once I actually get my very own rule book, I'll I'll see what 
what's on the inside cover, I'll let you know. I'm pretty sure it's Studio Top okay, Rocket. The logo's is. on the front of the book. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so that's going to get get shipped across the pond to me. And uh, yeah, but anyway, some some locals invited me to play. Uh, thanks to Alex for hosting. And bunch of really good guys. I, I went over to, to this house not knowing anybody who'd be in there, but bunch of good folks in there. The game was fun. And uh, yeah, so, so Saga is a miniature agnostic game. I think they do sell some, some official minis for it, but it is kind of historical, miniature agnostic, kind of arcadey, uh, not quite skirmish, not quite armies. Um, I think we, there were a total of, I don't know, 20 or 30 minis on the board for, for each player or something like that. So smaller scale kind of stuff, but it's, mm -hmm. it's simple in a, in a pretty fun way in that there's only four unit types. There's, you have a warlord, you, you have elite troops, which come in a squad of four, you have regular troops that come in a squad of eight, and you have like levies or, or new recruits that come in a squad of twelve. Um, and de and depending on which like sub faction you're playing, there's some options like you can give your levies bows, or your warriors can be equipped with two-handed weapons or something like that. But uh, mm. very very straightforward in terms of the actual unit options that you have, and so. Uh, it's also the the point system for for picking units is <laughs> each unit is one point. You can have four elites, <laughs> you can have eight regular troops, oh, or you okay. can have twelve recruits for you know one point. And so uh, what folks were playing was a was a four point game. So four units plus the the leader plus the warlord, and the the balance actually seemed pretty good. Um, now the, the unique mechanic of this game is a proprietary dice, which, uh, you know, me automatically, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, especially cause like each <laughs> sub faction had different dice. Um, but it's a, it's a D six and there's three different runes on the D six. So, you know, one rune has one face. The second rune has two faces. The third rune has three faces. So rare not so rare and common and you, you you roll the bones at the start of your turn and then based on what runes you get you can kind of spend those on uh, activations and special abilities and um, each each faction has one sheet one battle board um, basically a piece of paper that says what your actions can be and so it's not like you're flipping around in the in the rule book. Everything that you can do is on a single piece of paper, and mm -hmm. kind of each action has a has a cost in runes. And you say, okay, I'll I'll use my my swan rune for this action, and I'll use my snake rune for this action, and yeah, that's that's how it goes. And so as far as proprietary dice go. I liked this. It was it was okay. Like pretty straightforward yeah, it for was, what it is. It was straight it was very yeah. clear what it was very clear what each each symbol actually meant. And yeah. I do actually think it was better to have symbols rather than yeah, one through three is the common and can be spent on these things. 
Like I think, right? I think, you would have had to have like different colored dice to denote yeah, the rarities, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. each one of those would be a different number, like range to hit. Yeah, no, I mean, in in that case, that makes sense. And and I think for games that are model agnostic, like there's only so many ways that they can like monetize their product, right? Yeah. So having specific dice for each faction, like, it kind of makes sense. Yep. You know, it's gonna it's gonna keep them going as a company, especially if it's like a fun game. Then people are gonna get into it and buy the dice and all the stuff. So yeah, that's what I thought. Too. I get it from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the there's like a, a small core rule book for Saga, and then there's several different time periods, like the we played the Age of Vikings, but there's like other medieval periods. There's more classical periods. Uh, I don't know if there's like five or six different settings, something like that. And they also have a setting for Age of Magic, I think, which is, you know, fantasy. Um, right. <laughs> but we were we were playing the, the Viking Age. And so there, you could play as the, the Irish or the Vikings or, or the Normans or I don't know. There was there were like 10 different factions you could play as. And... Um, yeah, you know, some of them were were more about javelins. Some of them had bows. Some of them, um, actually, cavalry was kind of cool the way cavalry worked in there. Um, cavalry wasn't like a special unit type. It's just these troops move faster, but it's easier to shoot them from ranged. And it's like, okay, hmm. cool. So you're you could have your your unit of four specialty troops or your four elite troops. Um, they're on horses now cool they move faster and it's easier to shoot them all right so uh you know streamlined in in some really useful ways and and sensible ways um mm-hmm. but then like a, it seemed like there was a lot of good variety with the way that the special abilities worked and then hey model agnostic is fun um <laughs> historicals there's a lot of different historical minis out there uh it's a whole new world for me i have a lot to learn um and i was i i've got these these hail caesar minis behind me from warlord and you know some of them are just guys wearing wearing chain mail or or not wearing shirts even and just kind of wandering around with a sword and, and i could probably make those fit um mm-hmm I don't know. Some some of those warlord historicals are okay, not not the best minis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've actually been considering using a Song of Ice and Fire minis. So sure, yeah, yeah. Those are you know cool mini or not. They're sold in most of the units are packs of twelve. So hmm. I've got a unit of from the Starks, the Mormont She Bears, which is just you know people wearing uh wearing chain mail and carrying double-handed weapons around it looks like they come out of you know the dark ages somewhere and mm-hmm. yeah those could be some some viking heavy troops sure why not i mean that's that's the beauty right like yeah. it can be whatever you want yeah, yeah um are there base size restrictions for each thing or is it like kind of just whatever works i think they're supposed to be kind of you know in the 25 millimeter realm and it seemed like the official minis were you know a little smaller than what we're used to uh you know being used to warhammer minis and stuff like that 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think the A Song of Ice and Fire minis might be a little bit big, but uh, it's not a huge deal. It's it's pretty loose on those things is, is the impression I got. Especially because it's unit sizes of like four and eight. So there wasn't too much problem right, about yeah. like base to base contact. Um, actually, the rules say that if the units are fighting, just every model in the unit gets to fight. So there you go. I mean, that does kind of make sense. Like yeah. if it's like, oh, here's a group of people, even if it's representing 20 people instead of, you know, four models or whatever. Yep. It's like, realistically, they're all going to be in on something, you know, they're going to be figuring it out somehow. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah. Like get that old theater of the mind going like, oh, this massive block hits this massive block. It's not six people. It's 600 people. Yeah. Sure. There's, there's no counting, you know, how many people are in the front line and, and do the people in the second rank with spears get to attack? No, it's just like, yeah. Right. Your, your two inch range. Yeah. Yeah. And poke through. Yeah. This unit of four yeah. gets to fight this unit of eight. And um, yeah, the, the way they balance that actually is like the, the elite, elite troops each get two attacks and regular troops each get one attack and so if a unit of eight goes up against a elite unit of four they get the same number of attacks going back and forth um and the elites i think are have more armor so they're also you know a little bit harder to hit and so it actually balances out pretty well um, hmm. so anyway that's that's what i've i've been doing i've been uh, or I did play a game of soccer, and I think I'm gonna gonna maybe consider joining the league and and putting together a a, <laughs> a little force. I gotta decide what what faction I am and and exactly what minis I'm using. But that's always the the thing, right? It's going down the rabbit hole and being like, oh, you know, which which one do I have? I mean, because you used uh, what you used models you already had, right? For the whatever you played. So I I borrowed armies, but. I mean, one of the guys okay. who was playing Vikings was just using Chaos Warriors. Like, they're, they're right. wearing heavy armor. They've got horns sticking out of their helmets. So, yeah, it's all it all works out. Those are Vikings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, close enough for yeah. model agnostic. You're just like, I can, you know, you can see what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And well, that's pretty cool. Model agnostic is fun. Um, there's so many historical companies out there. And just so yeah. many small British companies or European companies, at least. And uh, man, I I haven't even checked yet for three D printable historicals. Um, <laughs> in general, I, I mean that's got to be a a big one, right? In general, like I think the the quality of the models for historicals is not as good. That's the impression I get. Um, hopefully I'll, hopefully I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't think I am, but hopefully I am. I mean, some of the stuff that we saw, um, that actually, I think it was warlord. Yeah. Had some of the newer stuff they had looked pretty decent. Um, that's true. And I mean, I don't know, like if you like the aesthetic of, you know, bolt action, that kind of thing, like they're not, entirely derpy they look pretty good well i mean some of the the problems with you know bolt action or or historicals in general it's just the color palette like bolt action is just pretty specific anything between khaki (laughs) and army green is is your choice it's in the name throw some mud on them and give them some some brown belts and 
Man, you you were saying you're you're getting a little down on yourself for for spending a a couple of weeks painting a stompa bear, but if I if I had to paint minis and only use drab green and drab khaki, I'd I'd be kind of sad. I don't know, you could probably you could probably yet. power through it, but yeah. I mean, I painted a bunch of uh, uh, like Cadians, right? Astra Militarum Warhammer 40k. And that was the kind of feeling I got, like, oh man, there's like, it's pretty limited. And and my point with it was like, I could see how this would be the thing that if you do play historicals, that would lead you into this universe, right? You're yeah. like, well, that's not a huge leap for me, but there's some extra stuff that might be a little fun. Yeah. So, you know, I, I did go like historical with it, right? Like it's a lot of olives and khaki, like all, in fact, all the pants are all khaki. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, using, like, some bright greens, this armor chipping and some other stuff, like, made it fun. Uh, not that you could really do that with an actual historical game. I mean, you could. Yeah. It'd be weird. Right. It'd be really weird. Right. I'd always want to put some fun colors on there. Give them some caution stripes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, if, if you're going to dip your toe into historical, it's like, like let, me, let me just grab some Napoleonics. We're going to go right. yes. crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just give them the brightest color jackets you can, <laughs> yes. contrasting against like pristine bleached white yeah, tunics. And, yeah. 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 I, I'd go grim dark with it just all the way. Yeah. You know, giant lace get, cuffs. Like... And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very shiny boots up to the, the knees. That That's my understanding. Yeah. It sounds like a no, I, kind of fun thing that, to do. That that would be much more fun, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, like how do I how do I make this like really appealing, right? Yeah, to me. yeah, yeah. I mean the the farther away we get from World War Two veterans still being around, like the the more and more I think World War Two is like an amazing setting for for games, like the the balance between land sea and air like the like there's, there's just so much uh variety going on for for unit types and stuff like that like i i think world war 2 is a pretty cool setting for games but man just it's also around the time everybody learned that wearing camo was a good idea or or cheap camo just like drab colors i don't think there was a lot of, a right. lot of patterning quite yet but not not quite, yeah, they had, I don't know. But, anyway. I, I get where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking about Age, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire minis. Maybe the Starks, you know, maybe I'll look into the Baratheons uh, and get some, sure, get some sure. knights. I don't know. But that yeah. that stuff is medieval, kind of Dark Ages, and, and uh, yeah, those those can be some Anglo-Saxons or some... Some Lombards oh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Normans. Yeah, Normans, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, anyway, that's what I did this weekend. Not bad. Not that bad. is not bad at all. Not bad. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played a game in, in a while. I need to do that. I keep like I keep pulling boxes out, like different games. I'm like, alright, I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and play this, right? Okay. Um and then I end up kind of putting the box back, <laughs> like not really thinking about it. 
I don't end up playing anything. It's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been I've been getting Something a surprising gotta... number of games in. I played. Y- uh, you have, yeah. yeah. Like today, I played uh, Magic Commander for the first time in a while. My my friends were Jeez. doing a spell table over the internet, so I mean, I was I was alone in my room here, but I had my camera painted uh, pointed at at the desk, and I was playing Magic, and my my pals right, in their right. houses were were also playing, and you, know, you can kind of read what the cards say. Uh, yeah, mostly. But you can always ask. That was that was fun. <laughs> like, what are you doing to me? Yeah, yeah. And it's been long yeah. enough that I had no idea what was in this deck. It was uh, it was an elf deck. <laughs> it just surprises. Yeah, a black green elf deck. Uh, but it okay. seemed, seemed pretty good. Land thrill for for those of you in the know. Um, and then heck, yesterday we played some more Gloomhaven, so that campaign's cranking along. Oh, man. I retired my. My sun keeper, so I'm on my third character now. I'm I'm a beast master. My name is Skeeter. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, my Skeeter the Beast Master. Skeeter the Beast Master. And my, my bear beast is is named Beater, and Beater does all the work. He Skeeter just hangs out it. in the background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Skeeter skeets it. Yeah. 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 Sends sends Beater out to to fight some folks bear style. So yeah. I don't know, that Gloomhaven's <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, pe- people been saying it for a while. Yeah. Like, it's definitely one of those things. And uh, yeah, I have to assume they're doing a Frosthaven version at some point. Like, makes sense. Yeah, we'll have to get in on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Man, I, I actually have been playing video games lately. Uh, that's I why you're not publishing some time videos. Doing that. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> See, and that's that's the problem, man. That's the problem that I have. You play one day at Minecraft <laughs> and suddenly have <laughs> put real. out a video in a month. I don't even know how it happens. The math does not that's, convert. It's 100% <laughs> what it feels like. It's like I'm trying to take a break, right? Like just I just want to do something else for, for an hour. And I feel like, man, I should be working. I should be doing this. And... Like, it sucks, because, like, I went out and purposely finally bought a PS5, right? Because I just want a thing that I can click the button, turn it on, and it plays the games, right? Um, and it's great, but since I bought it, I maybe only used it for, I don't know, like, four or five hours total. So, not a great investment so far. <laughs> But I did I did finally pick up uh the the newest Horizon game and I've been actually kinda into that. Which is, is different. Sick. The last literal video game I was into that I played was the first Horizon game. Is that a car racing game? No. No, it's like a third person action adventure. Okay. Oh cool. Like Tomb Raider, but in the future, but it's it's technologically in the past but the future it's it's pretty good forza zero horizon as a car racing game i don't know i don't know but cool 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 cool. you get yeah you get back to that i'm <laughs> wishing you luck yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it it's making me feel bad and i feel good perfect <laughs> perfect I already have that complex yeah, yeah you deserve some fun yeah <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like all it, yeah. work and no play makes Casey a dull boy. Well, okay. 
like and by work i mean uh printing <laughs> parts for a, a giant print, oh my god yeah. dude I'm, I'm gonna have to take a picture of the like the area where i've printed like to take everything off the plates because i like at a certain point you know I, yeah, okay like when i started i was like okay you know I'll scrape it off clean it up make sure i don't drip resin on anything and, and by like the the seventh or eighth plate that i'm scraping off I'm just like hammering in there, just trying to scrape the crap off of there and, and, and get it ready to go again. Um, and like, it is an absolute mess. The whole area of like for cleaning all the prints, there's just resin drippings everywhere. There's like isopropyl alcohol all over the place. Uh, there's freaking supports all over the place. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like I just gave up. I cleaned up. I, like that. I cleaned I, I up my printing area this up. week, and yeah, Did you? yeah, that happens, man. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's good to know because yeah, I, I'm not normally like that horribly dirty when it comes to the it's impossible the 3D printing. I don't want to get it anywhere, but like, I gave up. Yeah, no, I mean you kind of have to just take off your gloves and and put them where they lie, and then yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, the stupid thing is, like, I'm pulling things off of supports, like, just puncturing holes in the freaking gloves anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it... Little bits of supports are gonna times. be everywhere, yeah. and they're gonna take droplets of resin with them, and oh, that yeah. little corner is sacrificial. Like, the... It is now, yeah. <laughs> like, you can try I to be as neat as possible with resin printing, but you're gonna get a little area that's that's sticky. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, clean no, that it's, up. It's like once a, in a good while. Yeah. section of a, a whole workbench that's just like I put a I put a mat down to like catch any of the excess resin. That's good thinking. And now the entire mat is is has a nice thick coat of like partially cured resin on it, and just you got to go through with a black white just to harden that up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have one too. I have a yeah. I have like a really big one. <laughs> like a five foot long yeah just go through and, and sterilize and, and harden it up uh-huh. yeah i'm gonna have to because the stuff that's the on the floor layer. yep, yep. <laughs> the stuff that's on the floor is a little bit slippery <laughs> so like because it's like a an epoxy flooring so i definitely need to go and just harden all of that stuff that's on the floor because i don't i don't want anybody or, to walk or in or some and, paper like, towels and, and some isopropyl alcohol or ethanol whatever mm. you get Whatever you got. Ethanol. Yeah, I'll just throw that on the floor. But on a rag, yeah. Yeah, put it on a rag and, and wipe down the floor. Yeah, oh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just thinking, just tossing it out there, you know, just around the area. It'll smell like a hospital. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> or or a bar. Yeah. Either way. I mean it kinda already does with all the isopropyl alcohol that I have. Right. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you just a teeny tiny sneak peek of something else I got going on. You got something else going on? Uh, yeah. I've, I've actually been, I've been staying busy and working on like a ton of different things at once, which, which means I'm not getting anything done. But I've been... Right, I've been, right. Uh, when we went to 
No, when I went to Gen Con this year. Uh, yes, when I almost went to Gen Con this year. <laughs> I just remembered where I got these minis, but um, I have some Humblewood minis, which is a oh, yeah, D&D 5th yeah. edition setting. And it's like cute little woodland animals that uh, right, walk yeah. on two legs and wear armor and, and have cute little swords and stuff. Uh, but I've got some Humblewood minis here. And I got a couple of packs of five minis, and they're they're PVC minis. They're decent, um, but they're very cute. And I got those at uh, at Gen Con, and with all the the brouhaha of the open game license from from Wizards of the Coast and, and Hasbro, got got to thinking about those those little publishers, those those third party companies putting out content for for D and D and and small RPGs in general, and uh, yeah brought these out of storage, brought my Humblewood minis out, started painting them. So right now I'm holding this cute little owl with a little helmet and a little feather on his head. And uh, he's, he's coming along decently well. And um, something cool that uh, Hit Point Press, which is the publisher, does is in addition to selling physical PVC minis, they also sell those sets like the exact same models as STL files. Oh, okay. So I can actually go and get the same sculpt that I already own as a physical cast mini, and I can print off more copies if I want. You don't have to buy the STLs, but um, yeah. So I actually went and bought... Okay, I actually bought the entire set, like the entire model in, <laughs> in STLs. Um, but Don't hide it. You did yeah, it. Yeah, like at first I bought uh, a couple of the other sets, and then I'm like, nah, ah, I see where this is going. And then I just bought the entire, like the, <laughs> the mega pack. Um, but, that's how they get you. But that's yeah. how they get you, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been, I've been printing off these, these little cuties here, and... Uh, in some ways, they actually remind me of, of some of the minis that our, our pal Danny put out for uh, mm. whatever that setting was called that he did the Kickstarter on. Uh, Lost Adventures. Yeah. yeah. Like cute little cute little animals that are in the, the RPG world. And I don't know. They make me happy. That's, that's something else that's been going on. But uh, for a couple of days, though, I really had the bug, and so I was painting the physical minis that I had, and then I booted up my printer and uh, printed off the rest of the line, the rest of the inside. The rest of the line. So it's How much resin did you go through? <laughs> 400 milliliters? Not too bad. Yeah, not yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're not very big, so, yeah. you know. But there, there actually were a couple of larger models, like the... The one hmm. big model from the line is a fire elemental that looks a fair bit like Ragnaros, the Fire Lord from Molten Core in in uh, World of Warcraft, but like hmm. like strikingly similar to to Ragnaros, the Fire <laughs> Lord. But <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, those those little cuties are fun, and yeah, with with all the stuff going on. With uh, D and D players being very upset with Wizards of the Coast, it seems like a great time to to consider options and and give third parties uh, or or smaller publishers some business, whether they are or are not currently publishing under the the 
previous sort of current but also previous open gaming license from wizards so right yeah. um, either, either way it's uh, a, a time of uncertainty for those companies and you know i have no idea what what the plans are from for hit point press or, or any of these other companies but um whether they are or are not going to <clears throat> to continue putting out you know D D tie-ins um wish them luck and and uh they're worthy of your support during during mm-hmm. these <laughs> these troubling times interesting times yeah, yeah. interesting I actually times. F- i i did find out some more information about that okay um so there's a a law channel that i watch occasionally uh called legal eagle probably heard of it a lot of subscribers um he actually put out a video i think it's like a half an hour video about this mm-hmm. right breaks down the ogl breaks down the legalities even brings up past cases uh of like where certain things are technically like okay to use mm-hmm. and apparently um a lot of like gaming mechanics cannot be trademarked or copyrighted at all yeah i saw that video i mean it's interesting yeah Yeah. i i thought it was super interesting uh it's definitely worth a watch um because it it, i don't know just brought up a lot of stuff it's like okay well so yeah clearly these these people don't necessarily want to be associated with D D, but like they could just yeah do a lot of the same stuff and i thought that was pretty cool it was like there there there's light at the end of the tunnel so to speak i I felt like for sure it you know, we're we're two weeks out from the last time we recorded, um, but it seems like the community, like the RPG community, has stayed surprisingly united in the, you know, stop mm-hmm. it, Wizards of the Coast, stop rocking the boat. And I've been seeing a ton of content of people like, hey, here's some third-party RPGs that you might want to give a shot. And, you know, for all those players out there who've been trying to get their friends to try something new, now's your chance. Like the... Yeah. In fact, I just bought into a new RPG system today. I backed it on Backer Kit, and I'm super excited to play it. It's called uh, Cobalt's Ate My Baby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been on the waiting list for this one for a while. I know it's a it's a game that's actually been out for a while, but they're doing like an updated version and adding more content. And I thought, you know what, this is the perfect time. Mm-hmm. And I think for them, they like they. They got super on the money launching wise, like yeah, two weeks after the the Wizards of the Coast thing, like yes, check this new awesome game out. <laughs> so I am extremely excited to see that. It's like a simplified, story driven, you're a kobold and you die a lot kind of game. Sounds awesome. That does so, sound awesome. Uh. Yeah, like not not D and D using you know folklore old monsters and funny storytelling yes that sounds cool hey there are some uh some good kobold minis out there so any excuse exactly any excuse you figure out who your character is and and then you know figure out if he's like a kobold wearing like cute little shorts or whatever maybe he's got like a spoon (laughs) or something maybe he's got a hat I i don't know you design your character and then find the perfect mini for him or vice versa yeah well except except in this game the whole, at least from what I've seen, because I've never played it, but from what I've seen is, like, there's a streamlined character creation as part of the process because you will die a terrible death multiple times and have to create a new kobold. <laughs> so, 
like that is the point like you, you're trying to accomplish things and then like oh man but then we ran into to kenny the kobold over here and uh, he's gonna join the party now oh, <laughs> and then like kenny yeah. the kobold gets crushed by a rock oh darn yep like it's just it that sounds like my kind of game so <laughs> yeah wonderful yeah man that sounds great well yeah well on that note <laughs> except my mouse doesn't work and I, I have to scroll down to the outro because I, I still can't remember it after three years thank you again for joining us on another episode of paint bravely if you enjoyed this podcast please help us out by leaving us a review on itunes subscribing to the youtube channel and sharing this message with your hobby friends and as always we appreciate each and every one of you for listening and we will talk to you next time talk to you next time